0: sport industry access podcast episode 137 how can students apply the business of you model after the time at university Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who will inspire and encourage you to be the best you can be in your day-to-day life, especially if you have an interest in starting your own business. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Chris Ducker. Chris is a best-selling author, international keynote speaker and the founder of Youpreneur.com where he specializes in supporting entrepreneurs around the world so they become the go-to leader in their industry and build a future-proof business. I cannot express how excited I am to have Chris on the show because he is my mentor and he's been supporting me with regards to my vision at Education 2 Sport. So on that note, it's such a pleasure to have Chris on the show. That's why in today's episode, Chris will share his business journey and explain to you what the business of you model is all about so you can apply it after your time at university. Chris, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Please could you share your business career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Oh, wow. I mean, well, so I've been an entrepreneur
1: for 15 years. So um, we're talking, what, 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, Clearly been at it way too long uh, because I can't even remember dates anymore. You know, it's been a 15-year journey, man. You know, it started off as um, setting up and running consulting firms uh, and, and then sales training businesses and then call centers and then recruitment companies and then online businesses. And, you know, obviously over the last decade, a lot of speaking, writing books, coaching, mentoring, holding live events, and all that sort of fun stuff. So I mean, you know, in a 60-second rundown, that's basically the way that it's gone.
0: Okay, but just going back in time, because my audience are university students, and I really want to dig into your career from an educational background, and also of how you've grown your business as well. Just going back in time, would you mind explaining to the listeners your educational background?
1: Of course um I dropped out of university 3 months in. There you go. Um <laughs> that's uh,
0: Wow, okay.
1: <laughs> literally the way it was I was working part time. Um okay, let let me rewind a little bit more. So I finished high school, um did another year, uh did a media studies. Uh, for some reason I was just very attracted to media, to broadcasting, to publishing. Um, So wrapped up the the GCSEs and the A-levels, did another GCSE at the end of the A-levels, which everybody thought was quite strange, Um, but I was really attracted to media. So I did a media studies GCSE, which I passed with an A, and then um, decided to go to uni. Uh, three months into uni, I quit, much to my father's dismay. I had been working at Auto Trader um, part time uh, as a telephone you know, sales person, um, selling everything from classified ads, you know, to further down the line to front cover spots and and all that sort of type of thing. Um, And if if I'm to be really honest, and I don't want to have, you know, I don't want to upset anybody that might be tuning in and, and really be into their studies and things like that. University is not a bad thing. Okay, I want to clarify that. My daughter's just about to graduate from university and I've supported her all the way through her studies. Um my eldest did not want to go to university. Um and I supported him on that decision as well. But I will say I think it is important for some people. It's more important for others than it is for some people. Um and for me it wasn't something that I wanted to to do anymore. So I quit, like I said, three months in um, and uh, went full-time in the sales and marketing world. And that's pretty much what I've been doing ever since.
0: Out of interest, how has sales supported you after that decision leaving university to get yourself out there in the job market, but also be an entrepreneur yourself?
1: It's meant everything to me. I mean, every entrepreneur on the planet as a salesperson, whether they, they actually identify with being a salesperson or not, they are. Uh, Every company on the planet is selling something, product, service, experience, whatever it is. And so if you want to become a successful entrepreneur, you have to become a successful salesperson. Whether you do that before you become an entrepreneur or at the same time as doing so uh, and building a business and things like that is irrelevant. The fact of the matter is if you're going to be successful, it will be because you can sell your stuff to your perfect customer. And so I think sales for me um, has not only obviously opened up doors and given me opportunities, and, and being good at sales um, has given me opportunities, obviously, but I, I think it's uh, for me, it was a very natural thing. Um, I'm a people person, I'm a talker more than a typer. And uh you know it just became very natural for me to be in situations where I was providing solutions to people's problems, and that's what we do I mean, at the core of of sales at the core of entrepreneurship, that's what we're doing. We're solving people's problems, and that's you know something I can be quoted on a gazillion times over. That's all I do. I don't have any delusions uh of grandeur in any way, shape, or form. I solve people's problems, and because I do it in a good way. I get to put a price tag on it. That simple.
0: Absolutely. And relating back to 2004, can you remember that breakthrough moment when you thought, right, I'm going to give this entrepreneur journey a ride? Like, can you remember that moment?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I mean, ride is very much the operative word in that sentence. Um, You may or may not know this, but I... Uh, sent my resignation letter to my last ever employer who was based over in Miami. He was in the infomercial business and I'd been working with him for about a year and a half at the time. Lovely guy away from business, but the worst boss ever within a working environment. And I was at 37,000 feet on an airplane ride (laughs) coming back from Miami and uh, decided that I was done with it. And so I uh, wrote out my resignation letter uh, sent it to him when I arrived in the Hong Kong airport with their ridiculously fast free Wi-Fi. Um, and that was the last job, quote unquote, I ever had. And uh, yeah, I remember the transition being both extremely exhilarating, very exciting, but at the exact same time, very, very scary as well. But, um, you know, because, you know, I, I got kids, you know, it was it was a tough decision to make to kind of take that Leap, Um, but I've never regretted it clearly. I mean, you know, 15 years later, we're doing fine, we're doing good, Ed. Everything's fine.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm learning a lot from you, and another point I want to highlight is with regards to your blog because a lot of students sit on the fence going, I'm just going to start a blog, shall I do it, shan't I do it? How has blogging supported you reflecting now
1: as a business? I, I, I love that question because blogging for me, although I don't blog as consistently as I have done over the last 10 years, um, I can say blogging was probably one of the biggest, most important decisions that I had made from an entrepreneurial growth perspective than pretty much everything else. And the reason why is because number one, when you, when you create content in a blogging environment and you publish it out into the world, that's your opinion that you are not necessarily forcing on other people, but you, you you are spreading that opinion. And that opinion obviously will not be liked by everybody, right? Your thoughts and, and dreams and aspirations will not be agreed upon by everybody that comes across them. But for those that do agree with it, those that do like it, those that do relate to what you are saying within your blogging um, and maybe podcasting and maybe YouTube videos or whatever it is, any type of content really, um, those people become followers and fans and subscribers and ultimately customers uh, as well. And, you know, blogging for me also opened up a lot of doors to relationships that I never would have been able to build if I hadn't been blogging and, you know, a little bit soon after podcasting as well. So it's been huge to me, but understand this, and this is the biggest piece of information and advice that I can give to anybody thinking about starting a blog is that a new blog is created every six seconds online. That That statistic actually might be out of date now. It might be a lot less than that. It could be a little bit more than that. But around six seconds, every single six-second period, another blog is published for the first time. I'm not talking about a blog post. I'm talking about a brand new website that somebody has launched to share their opinions and their ideas with the world. So, but here's, here's the harsh part of it. The very large majority of those blogs will not stick around any longer than a few months they'll just die. They'll stop being updated. And so if you want to stand out with your blogging and build a strong blogging platform, you've got to be very, very consistent and very regular with what you're putting out into the world. And if you say you're going to blog Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to show up every single week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with a brand new blog post.
0: I hope the listeners are taking that on board because it really relates to today's podcast topic, Chris. How can students then apply that business model of you After the time at university, or even when they just started blogging,
1: well, I can tell you something right now. The moment you step foot into a university, you are building your personal brand. In fact, actually, you're you're doing it. You know, even before, particularly in in today's very kind of socially connected world. I mean, you go far back into anybody's Facebook, Twitter. Um, maybe even Instagram feeds, there's going to be stuff that people share that they probably preferred not to have shared if, you know, once once they built a name for themselves. And that reputation is your personal brand. I often say that your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not around. So the question you need to ask yourself is how do I want people to talk about me when I'm not around? That's the brand, right? That's your personal brand. That's your reputation. And so whether you're blogging, or whether you're podcasting, or whether you're doing YouTube videos or live streaming or whatever type of content that you're creating, think about that and understand that even after you go ahead and delete something, it can still be indexed with the search engines. It can still be found on Facebook and you know all that sort of type of thing. So understand, that every time you hit publish on any type of content online, it's going to be around for a good period of time. And so um, you know that's something that I think a lot of people don't think about, particularly younger people. And it's a conversation I've had with both of my grown-up children, who are now 24 and 21, respectively. Uh, and I will have the exact same conversation with my two younger children as well, when the time is right. So... As great as blogging and content creation and marketing can be for one's personal brand and and for building a business and building a platform and a following and things like that, you've got to do it responsibly and you've got to do it with the right mindset in play. And that is the long-term mindset. It's going to be around for a long time. You want to make sure that you're putting out good stuff and things that won't come back to bite you on the bottom later on in your career.
0: Absolutely. Out of interest then, what inspired you to start this Youpreneur movement? Well,
1: I had been, I I, I guess I was probably in a, a bit of a transition period. So, I mean, I started getting active with blogging and podcasting in 2010, January 2010. By 2014, I had received a offer to publish a book with a publisher over in the United States, which I did, which was focused around virtual assistants and building virtual teams because that, you know, I've got a big amount of expertise in that. In that world. Um, But after about a year or so after that book came out, I started to become a little bored, a little jaded in regards to just talking about VAs and outsourcing and remote staff all the time. Quite frankly, I I became quite sick to my back teeth on it. it. It just, it was too repetitive and I just, it wasn't fun anymore. Uh, and I started kind of talking to people about what they thought about me. And, and, and again, when I'm not around, what are you talking about me? How are you, how are you, you know, conversing about me and what I do? Um, and it was never about VAs or this or that. It was always about Chris Ducker's podcast or Chris Ducker's uh, blog or Chris Ducker's on stage at this event. We must go and see him kind of thing. And so I realized looking back retrospectively, all the business deals I've done, all the companies I've started, all of the sales that I've made, this didn't happen for any other reason other than my personal brand. It was because I was forging those relationships. I was uh, providing value and solving problems and answering questions in the right manner. It was me. It was Chris. And so it became quite evident that the personal brand was there already. I just wasn't you know, maximizing and capitalizing on it properly. And so we doubled down in 2015 on the personal brand, which led to the doors of Upener Academy being open in September 2015. Um, and the plan was to really initially was to just help anybody really that wanted to start a successful online business to go ahead and do that. And we give them the tools and the community and the support and the accountability needed to get them up to the next level. But even then, a year in, it became apparent that we had gone too wide. The net had been casted too wide and we needed to niche it down and bring it in a little more. And that's when we said, right, Youpreneur personal brand business. That's it. So now we only create content and work with people that are people like authors, speakers, thought leaders, um, content creators, uh, consultants, coaches, mentors, people like that. People building a business based around themselves and their expertise and the people that they want to ultimately serve and call customers. And uh, the moment we niched down, everything blew up. And uh, it just goes to show you the power of a smaller audience might be something that a lot of people don't want to get involved with. They like the idea of having tens of thousands of followers and all the rest of it. But the fact of the matter is, the smaller your audience, the more successful you will be as long as you are serving that audience in the right way.
0: Man, Chris, I really do hope the listeners who are studying business take all that on board. And I want to pivot this conversation for a really good reason. And I have to share my story now. I got connected with you through John Lee Dumas, through an email about a Uprinter event he was attending. I didn't know this guy, Chris Tucker. I was there to see JLD and Pat Flynn, to be honest. <laughs> That's OK. Look, I, w- I will
1: say they might be slightly prettier than me, but neither of them are as smart as me. And I'll take that to the bank. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But just really quick, Chris, when I was at that event, there was some guy with a Union Jack waistcoat and he says, look, I will teach you how how to sell the right way to your audience. And after that, and this is important, guys, I knew this is the person I should be following and to to really invest in a real mentor. And I I really want to pivot this because I think a lot of students after university think they're the multi-million pound employee of when they've got a degree without really investing in how they can self-development. So... Out of interest, how have mentors influenced you with regards to your self development and your success?
1: Oh man, everything, everything. I, I can't. It's impossible for me to put a dollar amount on it. You know, I've I've had probably I don't know probably four mentors in my life. A couple of them are no longer with us. Um, one of them was my 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 kind of my first big boss in the publishing world back in London. Um, his name was Graham Graham Bond. No relation. Um, and to 007. But I learned so much from Graham in regards to sales and 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 uh, just generally being a good person and being professional and the importance of showing up and looking good and wearing a decent suit and having make simple things, making sure your shoes are shiny, like what are you wearing shoes for if they're not shiny, if, if they're leather, you know, you know what I mean? Like little things like that. Um, and I remember when I, when I was, I think I was 25 or 26 years old. Um, I was, uh, I won an award sales person of the year at, at our company in London. And he, um, gave the award award to me at our, our Christmas gala or whatever it was back in them days. And I'll never forget the compliment he gave me. He said to me, this young man could sell ice cubes to a snowman. I've never forgotten that ever. The best compliment I've ever had Period from anyone. So he was he was a huge influence in me, um, or on me rather. Another one was Zig Ziglar, who many people here in the UK have never even heard of. Uh, he was an American kind of sales trainer slash motivational speaker. Um, I would have thought the vast majority of your younger audience have never heard of Zig, uh, but sincerely, he is a very smart guy. I never met him, um, he didn't know that he uh, had such an incredible impact on me, particularly in in my youth, but he definitely played a big part. And today, you know, I I sit with probably two or three people that I'm very blessed to call friends, um, but are also mentors and they know they mentor me. People like, uh, you know, Dan Miller from 48 Days. There's Carrie Wilkerson, um, who obviously you have seen on stage at the Youpreneur Summit as well. Um, And a lot of people are quite, they're quiet when it comes to talking about the mentors and they don't want to admit that they've needed help or advice or support. And I call BS on that. I think everybody needs all those things at some point as they're building their career. And if you're lucky to be surrounding yourself with people that really understand what it takes to be a success and to understand the importance of hard work and dedication and showing up consistently if you're not surrounding yourself with those people and and listening when they talk you're a bloody fool plain and simple and so you know i think mentors are something that a lot of people think they don't need but i'll i'll call bs on it until the cows come home Ed. I I think everybody needs support everyone needs uh, that that wiser uh, you, know, uh, some, you know, kind of shoulder to lean on from time to time. And I wouldn't be the entrepreneur I am today without mentors. It just would not happen at all.
0: Well, I've got the privilege learning from you, Chris. And this may sound a very obvious question, but I think it's a very important question. What tips would you give to university students who are figuring out a mentor for themselves?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, the funny thing is when you're younger, you don't, you don't really know what you're going to be. In life. Um, Even into your early, even into your mid-20s, it's. I think it's tough to figure out what you really want to do and what you really want to be in life. I mean, some people might have it figured out pretty early on, but I think the large majority of people um, probably don't. And so my advice would be, when looking for a mentor at that young age, don't look at necessarily finding someone to solve a problem that you have right now, but instead... Look towards finding somebody that can help and support you for the next decade or 15 or two decades of your life. Because if you can find somebody like that, whether it be in a paid type of relationship or whether it's through just friendship and mentorship through dinners and coffees and things like that, that will have way more impact on your life and and your life's work than um, you just trying to figure out how to fix a quick problem right now, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Just going back to your career now, what have you been up to recently? Um, let me think. What have we been doing
1: recently? So, I mean, obviously, we're getting ready for the Upno Summit again uh, this coming November. It's going to be our third year, and uh, we're bang on target to sell out that event for the third time, which is great. Uh, working on the next book, although I'm not talking about it yet, but uh, very early stages on that. Um, I've been doing a lot of speaking over the last uh, six to eight months as well so I'm slowly taking my foot off the speaking gas and doing a little less travel and uh, we have some digital courses and a few other bits and pieces coming up as well but yeah I think I think I'm gonna be taking it easy for the next couple of months it's been a pretty hardcore last six months moving back to the UK and uh, getting settled and all the rest of it but yeah lots lots of good stuff planned my man that that I can guarantee you.
0: Well that's great to hear because you nearly gave me a heart attack with the gas staple Fool's Day. you retiring so I'm so glad uh, you're busy uh, but but taking uh, the the gas off the pedal Chris just on a personal note what have you enjoyed the most from your Upno journey from the last 15 years looking back
1: um it's the interactions you know with people like yourself who come to the events who have you know bought the books who have uh, you know, tweeted me or emailed me or followed me on Instagram and sent me a photo of themselves, you know, with their kids, you know, posing with my book and all that kind of stuff. Like, honestly, for me, and you know, Ed, because you've you've been listening to me for a while, you've been watching me for a while, that P2P or that people to people focus that I have on my own personal business growth is at the very core of everything and anything that we put out as a company, and so if I get asked a question like that, and I wouldn't bring the people into it, I'd be a bit of a fake, wouldn't I? You know, uh, and and I really, truly do honestly believe that the most you know enjoyable aspect of what I do is when I get to meet up with people like yourself who have come along and said, you know what, I listened to you on this show or I saw you on stage here or I've read your book and you've done, you've been able to help me do this, this and this and this. And thank you very much. That for me is uh, that that's that's like the survey feedback. That's the real life survey feedback that thrive, you know, that I thrive on and that really fuels what I do day to day is hearing back from the people that are within the community in some way, shape or form.
0: Man Chris, I wish you could see me on camera. I've got this huge smile on my face because this is why I enjoy investing in you and learning off you. but you know but I know I've got a long way to go, and that's the great challenge. But I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview and you provided some brilliant advice so far, but I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university graduates who are figuring out their career passion?
1: You know one thing I know for sure, and that is that we spend a lot of our waking hours working. And so my advice to you would be to do something that you really enjoy. Genuinely, that there honestly really is more in life than just money, although it's great and it does give you nice things and nice experiences and all the rest of it. I I truly believe that if you're following a passion and, and you're building a career based on what you love to do, the money will come later on anyway because you will sustain a career and you will grow a career if you enjoy doing what you are doing rather than sort of having that nine to five Monday to Friday mentality of oh god it's Monday morning I've got to go to work again nobody should be feeling like that when they're building a career and so I I truly believe you know do what you love to do the money will follow it will come to you at some point as long as you enjoy doing what you're doing there's no doubt in my mind
0: That is great, Chris. I really do hope listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you online? ChrisDucker.com, at ChrisDucker on all the socials. And if they're interested in
1: personal branding, they can go to youpreneur.com.
0: That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Chris, you know this. I know this. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much.
1: That was a pleasure, Ed. Thanks for having me on, mate.
0: What a brilliant podcast chat with Chris and you could probably guess I very much enjoyed that experience but I really do hope you got something out of this podcast episode, especially planting some seeds that you are a business in your own right. You are something that can add value to your career and add value to other people around the world. This business of you philosophy, which I'm learning from Chris, is so true in how we dictate and make decisions relating to where we want to go and where we want to make a difference, not just in the sports industry, but any walks of life, but also bringing back that conversation of mentors. I'm being honest to you guys. I'm learning from Chris. I am investing in Chris through his online Upreneur Academy, and it's a choice and a decision I'm so glad I've done and so glad I've made that investment. And it's something I want to be honest about, because as Chris said, Not many people share their mentors and give you the real truth of the benefits of having a mentor. So I just want to be clear to you that if you can find a mentor in a field or an industry sector of the sports industry relating to your sports career ambitions, I will guarantee you when you connect with those sports industry professionals in those areas, he or she can add a massive weight of influence relating to your decisions and choices, but most of all making the right decisions and choices. Just to be clear, with a mentor, they're not going to give you the answers. They're not going to give you a network on a plate. You've got to earn that, just to be really clear. But what they will provide is that guidance and knowledge which will save you time in the long run. And what I mean time is when you know something that, that is actually true because that individual has experienced it, you've saved time because you haven't had to make that choice, get that experience and see the failure or, or success does that sort of make sense? So me having Chris on board and learning from him, he's given me the actual guidance I need to hear. Not the actual results, but the guidance. So look, I cannot express how much you can learn from this podcast chat, just from the mentor element. But from a career perspective, you are a business in your own right the business of you philosophy does work because the more you think about yourself the more you'll influence others and by when you influence others the more you're going to have that better first impression in the sports industry of getting employment opportunities so look take action with this podcast and I wish you all the best with regards to your sports career ambitions today and just make it happen Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Chris said, my advice when finding a mentor, don't look at someone to solve a problem that you have right now, but instead look towards finding somebody who can support you for the next 10 to 20 years, because when you find that person, it will have far more of an impact on your life and your life's work compared to solving a quick problem, such as getting a job.